नमस्ते प्रेयर्स एंड मेडिटेशंस आज हम टुडे विल रीड दिस प्रेयर डेटेड जनवरी सिक्स नाइनटीन फोर्टीन जनवरी सिक्स बाय द वे इज ए इंटरेस्टिंग डे इट्स अ डे ऑफ एपिफेनी सो एपिफेनी इज द डे व्हेन द थ्री मैगीज दे रिकॉग्नाइज द डिविनिटी ऑफ क्राइस्ट and they came and offered to him the three gifts which are symbolic gold myrrh and frankincense so gold is supramental knowledge then there is the perfection psychological perfection so they came and gave these things as a gift recognizing that though he is born in a manger he is a divine being who has come upon earth so this is a very significant day uh, in the i mean in the history of earth this is not like western context indian divine manifestations go beyond the context of nationalities and we should understand that it is unfortunate that uh, people have turned them into religions turned them into context that you know christ is our god and krishna is your god it's not true they won't like it <laughs> or rather they will laugh at us ki hamara bhi batwara kar diya there okay gods are too vast even for cosmos there are gods who are working in the entire rudra you know you heard no recently there was an asteroid which came in very close and then it get disintegrated so if you look at it from the point of view of the indian thought what what happened if you have to describe it from a mythological perspective so one of the asuras threw a stone on earth to destroy it and shiva manifested rudra he is the god of destroyer Rudra went and banged the stone, which is an asteroid, and it got destroyed. So there are forces which are behind. So that is how it, you know, they act on such a mega scale. They are not limited to a particular geographical entity. Some gods are because they depend on the human faith, but the original gods are not limited to that. So this is the prayer where the mother gives us the. always he teaches us how to relate with the divine this is a very beautiful thing to learn to relate with the divine this is something most fascinating people talk about bhakti in a very even bhakti becomes very mechanical but just imagine that you can relate with the creator it's a greatest privilege given to man to consciously relate with the creator form a bond of relationship so she says thou art the sole goal of my life and the center of my aspiration so this is the first thing required in yoga what is the goal so depending on the goal the divine reveals himself even the supreme divine i mean divine mother supposing our goal is that we go to her every day so that she provides some protection to the body and something to my outer life she will do that because she is the divine mother but we will be limited by that though it is foolish to go to the divine mother and ask only for these things you know there is something called as the garima the magnanimity the majesty of the giver she can give liberation she can give transformation she can give true knowledge she can free us from the clutches of ignorance she can give us true love the peace that doesn't depend on any conditions the bliss that is unconditional that one finds nowhere she can give us that but to 
it's up to us what kind of relation we form. So here she says, Thou art the sole goal of my life and the center of my aspiration. The pivot of my thoughts. So you'll have many thoughts, but they should turn around this center. How does thought turn around the divine center? You can take up anything. It could be just studies. Any kind of study or any kind of work. So we are thinking, many thoughts are coming. So we should try to see how they are connected with the divine. How with these thoughts, through this work, I can connect myself with the divine. So that is how he becomes the pivot of my thoughts. The key of my synthesis. Very beautiful. What is the meaning of synthesis here? It means that normally in a life from morning to night, you see, it's like a discordant notes. Morning we wake up, for two minutes it is ma. Gratitude, thank you. Then we come, get busy with all our things. Then work, then people. Like that our day is going. So what is the common thread? Synthesis. The common thread which is running behind, which can unite all these things, is the divine. That should be our goal. Even illness, when there is an illness, how we can utilize illness to create a synthesis? By turning even this illness into a means for Aspiring to the divine, even if for cure, praying to the divine, by connecting with the divine. Thou art the living, but, oh, and as thou art beyond all sensation, all feeling and all thought, thou art the living, but ineffable experience. How beautifully she, you know, uh, Mother's writings, very many times people just think they are like, you know, normal conversation. But look at the subtlety of the uh, thought. Just the subtlety of the thought. So she says, As thou art beyond all sensations, all feeling and all thought. So the next logical thing will be, thou art ineffable. Means ineffable means beyond thought, beyond sensation, beyond feeling. Somebody who can, can you cannot... Uh, Describe, but she is using a word, thou art the living. By this one word, she changes the whole thing. Often we will see this in both Sri Aurobindo and the mother's writings. The reality lived in the depths of the being, but untranslatable into our poor words. It doesn't matter whether we can speak about him or give lectures, nothing, but it's the reality we have to find inside and live within. I was reading the other day, it's very beautifully. Somebody asked Dada. Dada, what have you learned from the mother? And Dada means, you know, he has, mother has used the word, my shadow. All the time he was with her. To that extent that many times he would just sleep off and mother is sitting in the chair. She has put her feet on a little, small little pillow and he would sleep on his corner of the pillow putting his head. Like that, like a child he has grown up. And for everything, to that extent that when Shurabindo physically withdrew, then mother just told him, you be here because she could have just withdrawn. It's a tremendous experience for the divine. And Dada, he was not involved in anything else, but he was just by her side. He would go for half an hour, quickly change and come back. So when he is asked, he has lived so intimately with the mother. What have you learned? He says, we have to connect with the mother here, inside our heart, in the depths of our heart. That is where she is there permanently. And then let her mold our life, our life. So this is the first important condition. To connect with her here. All else is a means to first realize this truth. 
and it is because the human mind is powerless to reduce the to a formula so what is it we when you use words like ineffable oh he is supreme he is the mystery beyond thought then what do people say intellectual you are just being too emotional isn't it <laughs> they say they want you to tell a formula tell me in clear cut terms whether god is this or that so you if you if a mystic you ask him god is this or that he will say he is this and that and beyond this and that and he'll be right but people want to reduce him to a formula that's very convenient that's how dogmas of religion are created divine is this he is that at one place when people would ask shurbindo has the mother withdrawn from me why because something i have done mother never withdraws from anyone she never condemns anyone that's not how divine operates she is never angry with anyone so what does she do when people do something which is not she uses everything to turn us towards the light because all paths are her paths it is our idea that certain things will lead us to him certain things no by certain attitude all can become a means of union with the divine and she uses every little material to lead us towards him toward the great goal that she has chosen for us but human beings want a formula so because the human mind is powerless to reduce the to a formula that some with a little disdain treat as sentiment the knowledge which it is possible to have of the but which is certainly as far from sentiment as it is from thought so the moment you say it is beyond thought they use the word oh this is emotional but she says it is as much beyond sentiment as it is beyond thought it's yes it is beyond thought beyond sensation but it is also beyond emotion to give an example we think divine love oh he is so loving so the moment this is wonderful bhagwan karuna mein hai karuna mein till somebody in the family dies of an illness suddenly the karuna mein becomes cruel mein krur mein isn't it how shallow is our faith immediately he becomes krur why because somebody in my family died now imagine sometimes the depravity of thought much worse things have happened through the history of mankind did we never feel awake that why this is so that only when in my family my life something happens that i have to feel that the divine is cruel so when you look at it like that we are unable to understand the divine love mother says if divine love were to manifest before human beings human beings will find it cold impersonal why because what do we like in terms of love love means if i ask for a chocolate immediately say le ja bachcha love means whatever i ask is given to me the divine may give that also but sometimes he may withhold it from you sometimes he may take you through a journey which is very difficult and very complex but that's what is needed for you but we want a formula we want something fixed so when we turn toward the divine and we use the word like karuna love and because we don't understand his karuna and love so what do we do whatever we cannot understand we dump it in a different category what is that that is devil's task or pass on the burden to poor human being divine is all good 
So how is evil in the world? Man. He is the fellow who is the evil doer. So you ask then, what about man? Where is the evil comes from? No, there is a evil entity also. That is how we create the difference between God and Satan. And in Shobindu, his synthesis says, this has a practical importance at a certain point. But he says that we have to arrive at the largest conception of God. So when mother is asked this, there in her first conversation in volume 8. Mother, what is that integral conception of God? So she says, all of us start with some conception of God. That God is this, God is that. But as we grow, we discover, no, he is much more, much more. And a time comes when the last limit, where you said, this is divine, this is undivine. Then she says, what do you know? What we call undivine was divine at one point of time because it was needed for the progress. So the only undivine part is because it has overlived its time. It had its utility at a point of time. So when we look at it like that, we see there is nothing but the divine. Only there is a, because the place and time and space, we can say there is a divine of the past and there is a divine of the future. So that is how we have to look at it like this. So then everything becomes the divine. But we try to put him into narrow conception. Because we put him in a narrow conception, look, it creates so much chaos. So there is no conception that divine is constantly moving in his vastness. So we say the divine is the only one who manifested in a certain land, gave one particular book and took one particular form. So now you have to believe only in that divine. This is how dogmas are created. But when you look at the divine mystery unfolding through all creation, when did the divine work begin? When did he start working? Even before the Big Bang. <laughs> we are only now connecting with the divine consciously. But he is not limited to in each atom. He has gone. So this is how when we look at it, it is as far from sentiment. So long as we have not attained to this supreme knowledge, we have no solid base and no enduring center for a mental and emotional synthesis. And all other intellectual construction cannot but be arbitrary, artificial and futile. So yet for our journey we make certain constructions. What is a construction? If you do bad things, you will get a place in hell. If you do good things, you will get a seat reserved for you in heaven. Then there is another construction. Only this God can grant you heaven and hell. All others will only go to hell. What is it? It's a construction. The narrower you are, the narrower the construction. Because for a child, what do you say? For a child you say, don't go beyond this room. Why? Because you know a child is too small and may get hurt. So the smaller the child, you know when a child is very small, what do you do? You put pillows. Why? Because he may fall from the cot. But when the child is big, what do you say? Go, spread your wings, soar into the sky. Isn't it? So the narrower the conception of God means the narrower the consciousness of human beings. And if they don't advance beyond it, the spirit of time will destroy it. And that is the beauty of Sanatana Dharma. The widest possible conception. What is the widest possible conception of the divine? If we go into Sanatana Dharma, all is in the divine. The divine is in all. No, it doesn't stop even with that. And the divine is all. And the mother keeps on reminding us, all, all, all is the divine. Of course, we may misunderstand it all. That is okay. But this is the widest conception. 
when we advance in life like that, then everything becomes a means for a divine discovery. Some what is that poem? Beautiful poem, no? See eternity in a grain of sand. Blake, I think. When you see eternity in a grain of sand. How do you see eternity in a grain of sand? It's a mystic poetry. He's a mystic poet. So this is how when we look at life like that, then it's a wonder disclosure. But narrow conception is very small. We divine takes, Chutnarayanji used to say very beautifully, Bhagawan daso ajar saal lete hain ki manushya ko Bhagawan bana de. Manushya das chhan mein unko manushya bana deta hai. The divine is trying to divinize us for which he comes again and again as an avatar. And human beings take just a few moments to humanize the divine. What God punishes. He does this, he does that. Okay. So this is to see a world. Just a few lines because you know they are beautiful lines and I just love them. See now, this is not written in Sanskrit. Isn't it? What is it? Is it a hymn, a prayer? It is not sung in the church. It's by a poet whom many of us regard just as a poet. Now look, here is the writing. To see a world in a grain of sand and a heaven in a wild flower hold infinity in the palm of your hand and eternity in an hour. A robin red breast in a cage puts all heaven in a rage. A dove house filled with doves and pigeons shudders hell through all its regions. A dog starved at his master's gate predicts the ruin of a state. A horse misused upon the road calls to heaven for human blood. Each outcry of the hunted hare, a fiber from the brain does tear. When you look at this poem, you see A truth that's told with bad intent. Mark these words. See how profound truth a mystic poet can bring out. A truth that's told with bad intent beats all the lies you can invent. Shobindo speaks of descent of night. A truth there was a lie and lie a truth. Truth speaking was a stratagem in that place. You are speaking truth but with a bad intent to hurt, to harm, to demean, to bring down somebody. A truth that's told with bad invent beats all the lies you can invent. It is right, it should be so. Man was made for joy and woe. And when this we rightly know, through the world we safely go. Now, you see, these are there are expressions like that people have had. They don't fall into classical, but we want to put category. Now somebody may Acha, was he a Catholic? Was he a Hindu? Was he a So this is the way we want to put everything into a slot. But divine escapes all slots. And that's what is given in that great vision of Mahabharata when Duryodhana wants to tie him. He says, You want to tie me? Okay. Let me see how big is the rope. Aha, Duryodhan, band mujhe. To mujhe bandhne aya hai. Zanjir badi kya laya hai? 
Have you got a rope big enough to tie me? Why? Why not? Ye dekh, anal mujh mein le hai. The fire that I built the worlds and cosmos, billion suns, I am the origin of that. Yeh dekh, pavan mujh mein le hai. All the winds that move the quarters, they are within me. So this is how when we look at Akash, everything, then vastness, then we realize that the omniscience and omnipresence of the divine, with that perfection, that is the way we have to approach. So she gives that, takes us to that vastness and say, says, all other intellectual construction cannot be but arbitrary, artificial and futile. Thou art in so far as we can perceive the eternal silence and perfect peace. So when you go behind everything, you will hit a bedrock. Now you see, mother is not using a word. What is the word? Brahman. Eternal silence and peace is absolutely Brahman. But she is not using that word. Does it matter? Is it a problem? Will Brahman take offense? No, no, you have to call me with only that name, you know. Brahman. Don't use the word Peace and silence. So this is the this is our problem. Language and our slots in which we fix. Even he won't ask. Brahman will not ask. By the way, which road have you come to me through? Are you Christian? Are you a Buddhist? This is a beautiful out of body that near death experience of this lady who dies. I think it was a man. So there are some near death experiences And he sees a being of light Many people see such beings And it is interesting that Those who are Hindus will call him Krishna Those who are Christians will call him Christ So she asked uh, He asked him By the way Because he has come back so he can report I think it is God's planning to you know Send back a few with some report That people say Get me the evidence <laughs> Random errors so, he asked, by the way, which religion you find best? So, the reply is very wonderful. Whatever God said, God translated into the person's consciousness. But the reply is, frankly, I don't care. And I think this comes closest to. What does he care for? The sincerity in the heart. Heart is the chapel. We think that we can be cruel to people and do all kinds of things but because we are subscribing to a fixed formal belief therefore we are saved it doesn't work like that the heart must be the pure place the temple of the Lord it must be full of beautiful feelings never to hurt anyone never to cause injury willful injury life you can't help it suddenly always whatever feelings arise must be made beautiful this is the worship in the inner chapel of the heart and if we go through that, ultimately, anything, it will lead us to silence and peace. Why? Because we are going, you see, in any activity, very interesting, on the surface, the activity becomes more and more agitated. Observed it. And if you go behind it, behind it, behind it, at one point you enter into peace. Same activity will become a means to lead us to peace. Take an example that we are, you know, we didn't get something which we wanted. So there is agitation. So what happens, you go behind, why there is agitation? So you discover, oh, there is the element of desire. Where is desire originating from? Why am I desiring? Just simple reflection. Slowly we will go backward in the trail. And we will enter into a state 
where the desire cannot reach because it's got its limits. It can't go that further. Desire gets bored. It's like you know, okay, take somebody to the. Uh, some people do this over enthusiastic. Chalo, we'll go to ashram Pondicherry, and then you bring people forcibly. So the person goes there inside. For you, you have come to the highest heaven. You want to sit for a while, and if you have a friend whom you have dragged inside, so he will suddenly say, "Or kya hai dekhne ka?" And you have never thought like that. "Or kya hai dekhne ka?" So this is yehi hai. अच्छा यहाँ कुछ यहाँ कुछ मिलता भी है देन ही इज लाइक ए क्यूरियस ऑन लुकर हियर देयर हु इज कमिंग हु इज नॉट कमिंग हैव यू एक्सपीरियंस इट एंड देन यू फील क्या गलती कर दिया यार देन यू हैव टू कम आउट एंड आफ्टर यू से बाय बाय देन यू गो बैक इनसाइड दैट ओके लेट मी सिट क्वाइटली सो डिजायर्स कैन नॉट गो देयर देल वेनिश so then you enter into that पीस एंड साइलेंस द मोमेंट दैट डिजायर इज गॉन ऑफकोर्स वेन यू एंटर इन टू द वर्ल्ड इट विल एंटर अगेन that she will come to later but first is the peace and silence then at the same time thou art all the perfection that we have to acquire so what about this world is silence and peace the last word no the last word of creation which is not the last word because it's ever unfolding is perfection now you look at life that way in everything we want perfection now follow the other trail there is a desire something you wanted you didn't get So what were you wanting? Take an example of a relationship. You wanted perfect love, so you didn't get it. So you got disappointed. The person didn't understand you, or whatever happened. So you didn't get it. So you turned and you entered into that silence, ineffable. But this other aspect: is it possible to have perfect love? Well, you can develop it within yourself. It's possible to have perfect love, at least to give perfect love. So when you see that way, then every activity becomes a means for taking us closer to the divine. So either which way, either he is the silence, or in nature, ever changing nature, it is striving for perfection, knowledge, perfect knowledge, joy, perfect joy, peace, perfect peace. All creation, nature is striving for that perfection. all the marvels that are to be realized all the splendor that is to be manifested and so beautiful to look at life like that because you're always young why because this this tendency it should become perfect this movement you see people who are perfectionists that way there are two kinds of perfectionists who are expecting perfection in others they will make your life miserable but there are people who are striving for perfection within themselves you know an artist he has no time to think about his own age because he is so busy you know creating an even more beautiful even more beautiful more and more perfect things so every energy every activity can be turned into a means of manifesting the divine thou art all the perfection that we have to acquire all the marvels that are to be realized all the splendor that is to be manifested and all our words are only the prattle of children when we venture to speak of thee how beautiful in silence is the greatest respect at one place he says when we don't understand something human beings they immediately judge it but she says the best way is to maintain a respectful silence when we don't understand and one classic example is shurbindo's physical withdrawal supramental again 
Because we don't understand. So we say, who knows? So we have judged it already. Who knows whether it is there or not there? All this is our judgment. Truth does not depend on that. So what we should do when we don't understand, she says, just maintain a respectful silence. It must be true. Why? Because Shurabindu says so. I don't know it. Yes, that's a fact. Can I know it? Yes. How I can know it? By the grace of the Divine Mother. Four simple sentences, you can resolve everything. Why is it true? Because Shurabindu and the Mother has said this. Why do you believe in them? Because I have faith in them. But you don't know it. Yes, I don't know it. Means I am saying if somebody doesn't know it. So, what is the way to prove it? By one day realizing it. How you will realize it? By following the path they have shown to us. And by the grace of the Divine Mother. Very simple life, uncomplicated. But if you get into a scholarly discussion, that also may be necessary sometimes. But she says that silence is the greatest respect before the divine. She is speaking of the divine. Sometimes the best when we don't understand, rather than declaring there is no God or God is confined to this or God is confined to that. What do we know? He has revealed himself in the most paradoxical situations to the most unassuming people. And Shurabindu gives the example. Saint Augustine, in famous fame, Jagai and Madhai, their job was to, they would hit, they're drunkards, you know, they would hit with stone anybody who talks about God and Krishna and Chaitanya. They were converted and became Saul of Tarsius, who would persecute the Christians. And he became one of the greatest apostles, you know, exponent of Christianity. So, we don't know the ways of God. Why he picks up one Ratnakar, why he leaves another, then again he picks up somebody. So we have to just understand he is the supreme mystery which is beyond thought, beyond sensations, beyond emotions. And yet we can know him. By his grace he can reveal to us what is necessary for us at a given point of time. But this understanding should always be provisional. It should not be that this is how, you know, any, the sign that you are progressing is that you look back and five years back you say, see, this is how I thought of God, but this is not true. If somebody says, oh, 20 years, 30 years back, this is how I saw, felt, and now also I feel like that, that means you have not progressed. But the sign of progress is that how you felt, and it can happen every year, that every birthday should be an occasion, one more step. That there is a new understanding, new light, a new synthesis, something else which one didn't know has got integrated into your journey towards the divine. So this is how she says, when we don't understand the divine, we must admit that we don't understand. And yet, if we have to use words, then she has said, there are two ways we can understand. One is, he is the silence and peace behind everything. And second, in nature, he is the striving towards perfection in everything. Just these two things we have to remember. And with that we can close. Thou art in so far as we can perceive the eternal silence and perfect peace. So she has qualified them. Not a temporary silence, not a peace which is disturbed by, oh I get very disturbed. There is no shanti. So I want to find shanti in death. No, 
that is not peace perfect peace thought all the perfection that we have to acquire so this eternal peace and silence does not contradict karma in fact it supplements it on this basis the dance of creation what is this creation about perfection and manifestation so in two short sentences he has given us the clue synthesis of yoga is here vedanta is to realize the eternal silence and the perfect peace tantra is to realize the divine in movement but tantra could not envisage this state of perfection so here it is thought all the perfection that we have to acquire all the marvels that are to be realized all the splendor that is to be manifested and all our words are only the prattle of children when we venture to speak of thee in silence is the greatest respect